The following is a presentation of the Retro Network. 15, 64, 50, 80, 90, hey, hey! Hey, you guys. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And welcome to a very Brady podcast. I am one of your hosts. My name is Tack. And with me, as always, is the other host of the show, Jimmy Klein. Hello, hello. What's up? What's up? What's up, G? And on this podcast, we celebrate the iconic TV show, The Brady Bunch. As we break down the bunch one episode at a time, we take the episode, we break it down. One, two, three, into the bow. Snoop Star, Brady's taking Jimmy's at the dough. Ready to give our thoughts up, so back on up. Cause you know about the crack shit up. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Great, now we're gonna have to quit the podcast to be rappers. Uh, I was thinking about it anyway. Now Snoop's gonna be pissed at us. <laughs> Dr. Dre's gonna be pissed at us. <laughs> Because they're at the door. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> so everybody check out iTunes. Our mixtape is about to drop. No. <laughs> but anyway, on today's episode, we take a look at season five, episode 20, entitled The Snooper Star. Mm. Snoop. Is that like Ghetto Snooper Star? Ghetto Snooper Star. <laughs> If you haven't watched the episode, please feel free to stop the podcast and you're watching before continuing. You don't have to, but it might be a hell of a lot more funny if you do. The Ready Bunch is available to stream on who? No. Not on Hulu. CBS All No. Facts? No. Paramount Plus? Yeah. Hey. And something else. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was, it was on Prime. Man, that's. Yeah not a lot now it's not hmm. but it's because i mean we're almost done so who was like well i mean i guess i guess we just stop airing it now i mean tech and jimmy <laughs> are gonna do it anymore so all right hmm. so we were we so, were we were spitting rhymes <laughs> we were spitting rhymes. <laughs> we were spitting rhymes <laughs> we weren't saying them we were spitting them yeah that's a no relation to lee and rhymes so. no no not at all no 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 so how how was your uh, how was your week? It was it's okay, nothing too exciting. How was yours? It was fine as wine, kind of chatty. <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> no, mine wasn't too bad. It was my daughter's birthday this weekend, so we celebrated that. She's the big one three. Ooh, nice! An official mm. teenager. Hell yeah! Now we got two teens and a five year old. Damn. <sighs> It's quite a spread. Uh, pretty soon you're going to have just the one baby in the house. That's true, yeah. Hmm. Hmm. So in this episode, Marsha has a little diary. Not she doesn't cute. have a diary. It seemed kind of old to have a diary, but that's just my opinion, I guess. Well, I mean, you know, girls are. Once you get like 18, diaries become journals is yeah, what the, they're called. the so. proper way. Yeah. <laughs> I've always called mine a diary, though. Even now, I do. <laughs> And do you write it out like a letter, like "Dear Diary"? I do. No, well, I, I, I'm trying to be professional, so I say "Dear Journal." Dear Journal. Yeah. Mine just says like uh, 
Mr. Journal. And I have like a colon. And then my <laughs> I write my business style. So I, I gave my journal a first name. I call it Doug. Dear Doug. <laughs> no, I, I, I did keep a journal for a while when I was in college. Um, I was yep. taking a lot of theater classes and a lot of acting classes. And they had us like um, analyzing characters and all that kind of stuff. And so I, I just started keeping a journal more about... Um, like I guess internal thoughts going through certain things in life. And I would, and anytime it was a landmark thing, I would kind of write down what I thought about it with the thought of in the future, I could go back and look at how I felt in a certain part of my life when something happened kind of thing mm-hmm. that lasted like a semester. <laughs> <laughs> I still have the journal in the closet behind me. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess my journal has to come out of the closet. Uh, <laughs> Jimmy Klein. I just, I just opened my mouth and I had a game. <laughs> You, sir, a comedian and a rap star. What are you, 50 cent? <laughs> <laughs> or a quarter. Oh, wait, that didn't make are sense. Are you Will Smith? Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> then I'd be slapping rhymes. Um, yeah, I, I wrote in a journal a while back when I was when I first went into the Navy and on my first patrol, I, I kind of wrote in a journal because I kind of wanted to journal, you know, like my first patrol, you know, mm-hmm. and just like my day to day and all that. And I came, happened upon it again years later and kind of reading it. And there was some dark days back then. <laughs> I wasn't I'm sure it was rough, but um, it's kind of, it was interesting though. So do you think in the Navy, and I know it's been a while since you've been in the Navy, but are, now are they allowed to bring smartphones on? Cause I could I see know. several problems with that. Well, I mean, you're not going to be signal. So I mean, no, but even then it's still giving out a signal, which potentially could be tracked. Even if you go to the surface for anything, I mean, it's putting on a signal, trying to get a tower kind of thing. Well, once you're on the surface, it didn't really matter. Um, cause you, yeah. if you're on the surface, you're already going to be putting out stuff anyway. Oh, but okay. I don't know. I mean, it's not like they didn't have cell phones when I was in. They did. I yeah, actually they had a cell cameras. phone. That's what I would think. Like, okay. are you really allowed to bring a camera on board of sub or a, a, even yeah, a, a surface can, fleet yeah. for that reason? Yeah, I've filmed stuff, take pictures of stuff that oh, okay. I've seen before. I mean, there's certain things we know what you can and can't, what areas you can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <clears throat> so it's not yeah. like you, yeah. But um, I don't know, it's a good question. I always kind of wondered that myself, you know, like what do they do with their cell phones? I mean, I'm sure they have them with them and they probably just turn them off. But but some people use them like for like MP3 players and stuff too. And I guess. Yeah, that's true. Maybe there's Wi-Fi on the boat now. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But now there wouldn't be a signal. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. It's a good Weird. question. Weird, wild stuff. Yeah. <sighs> so what did you think of this episode? I thought it was pretty funny. Like, like there were parts of it that legit had me cracking up. They were pretty funny. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah. But, yeah. <clears throat> it was all right. It wasn't too bad. What about you? It was okay. I mean, I don't know. I mean, Cindy's character was a little, I don't know. Weird at first, you're like, why is right. she so fucking paranoid? Like, what the yeah, hell's yeah. going on? I've worked with people that are like that. Like, I worked with this one lady. And I'm not going to mention any names, um, but every day, um, you know, Pam would come up to me and um, <laughs> and she and I would I would be talking to somebody about something and we would kind of laugh, but it was not work related, right? And so we and would kind of like, oh Pam. We would stop talking about something, and then Pam would walk up, and I'd be like, "Oh, <clears throat> hey, what's up?" And she, every day she'd come up, and finally she got more and more irritated. She'd come up and go, "I, I demand right now to know what you're talking about." <laughs> I mean, what? 
She's like, I know you were talking about me. And if you don't tell me what you're talking about, I'm going straight to the manager. <laughs> like, so go to the manager. Like it's, what are you going to tell them? Like that you were talking about me? Well, what would they say? I don't know. I couldn't hear him. <laughs> so go tell the manager. I don't care. Like, <clears throat> so Jimmy, I, I've you are, with people you are total, you're a total gangster today. I am a gangster. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't give a fuck. What are you going to do, bitch? Right. right. And I'm going to go on break and I'm going to take 11 minutes. Yeah. And then I picked, there was this guy named Mike Fortman I worked at. I picked him up and dropped him. <laughs> He's like, what was that for? I was like, I just dropped the mic. Because he was the only mic in the department. So <laughs> he was the mic. You are hardcore, sir. All right. <laughs> Let's take our first break. And when we come back, we're really going to get into this and break it down, find out what Snooper Star is all about. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't think Snoop was even alive yet. Yeah. Well, I'm sure he was alive. I mean, he's older because yeah, he was so. like 21 when Gin and Juice came out. I think. Yeah. That was like Juice, when Doggy Style came out. When Doggy Style came out. Yeah. Well, maybe he was. Yeah, maybe he was. He's probably got a good 10 years on us. That's true. Yeah. So he was alive. Yeah. I was born in '74. That would mean he was born in '64. So yeah, he yeah. was alive back then. He was been a toddler, but he was alive. <laughs> well, at this point, he would have been like a small child. Yeah, back then he was just snoozy. Wait, was he one of Kelly's kids? <laughs> uh, we'll be back. comic book fan we've got a few questions for you were you obsessed with x-men as a kid did you stand in line to get a copy of the death of superman in the black poly bag did you buy every image comic no matter how long it took to hit the shelves then have we got the show for you Wizards, the podcast guide to comics, is the podcast where Adam and Michael re-examine the 90s comic book boom through the pages of Wizard Magazine and explore the world of gimmick covers, massive crossover events, and find out if those 20 copies of X-Force number one you stashed in your long box really did put your kids through college. And that's not all. We also bring you exclusive interviews with former Wizard staff members who tell behind-the-scenes stories from the guide to comics that defined a generation. In our special series, The Wizard Files. And wait, there's more! You'll get mini-episodes with 90s comic book reviews and more nostalgic fun. Wizards, the podcast guide to comics is brought to you by the Retro Network every Wednesday. So subscribe today on your favorite podcast app, and remember to keep your books bagged and boarded. Yes, we are. All right. So we got the Brady Bunch, season five, episode 20, entitled Ghetto Snooper Star. That is what you are. I still hear Dolly Parton. What's that? I still still only hear Dolly Parton every time I hear it. (laughs) But uh, let's get into the facts. So the facts about the episode, it aired on February 22nd, 1974. Nice. Written by Harry Winkler, no Mm -hmm. relation. 
directed by Bruce Bilson. I remember when I got a Harry Winkler. <laughs> 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 Sorry. <laughs> so stupid. The shit we laugh at. You wonder why that guy said what he said in our exactly, main group. Yeah. I kind of agree with him. Like that was a creepy thing to say. <clears throat> anyway, uh, according to IMDB, Natalie Schaefer's character tells Mike that she usually deals with the firm's president, Mr. Matthews. <laughs> in the next episode. Which you know, our listeners will listen to next. Mr. Matthews is played by Jim Backus. Nice. Who played Schaefer's husband, Thurston Howell the Third, on Gilligan's Island. Yes. He's and also the, the old Ho- prospector. Hope, Hope Juber had some cool things to say about her. But you gotta listen to the interview to find out. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the cat. Who who has listened to the, oh yeah, the Patreons of the Patreon to people, it. yeah. Pepe. Pepe has. Yep. Yep. Jill listen to it on Patreons because mm-hmm. they can listen to it because they're patrons. They're producers. Jenny so and they Jim. have the episode. Jiminy. Jiminy's listened to it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, according to Barry Williams' book, Growing Up Brady, this is Susan Olson's least favorite episode. She was apparently picked on in school because of it. What's there to pick on? I'm the good ship. Oh. It's like, ha ha, you're paranoid. We're talking about you even though we are like, what's there to be you're famous on a tv show yeah right hmm. uh natalie schaefer who played penelope fletcher in this episode starred as well as we already know mrs howell on the gilly oh that's cool yeah. so yeah look all right so you're ready to fade in i am ready to fade in all right so we fade in. Scene one. Our story opens up in the backyard Ooh. where we see Peter working on his bike. Bobby walks out and says, hey, Pete, I need that two dollars you owe me. Cash. <laughs> Peter says, sure, I'll get it back to you next week. Bobby Plus says, <laughs> but you said you pay me back this week. Peter says, that's because Marsh Nealon promised to pay me back last week. Bobby just looks at him. Peter says, you'll get it. Don't you trust me? Bobby says, no. <laughs> Peter says, Bobby, we're brothers, blood relatives. Bobby says, it's not my fault we're relatives. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> I know. Just then, Cindy walks up and says, hi. Both boys stop the arguing and Peter continues to oil his bike. Cindy says, I heard you mention the word relatives. Were you talking about me? (laughs) Okay, Pam. Bobby asks, why in the world would we be talking about you? Cindy says, well, if you weren't talking about me, why'd you stop talking when I came over? Peter says, because if he wanted you to know what we're talking about, we wouldn't have stopped talking about it, right? Bobby confirms, right. Cindy crosses her arms and squints her eyes in suspicion at the boys and walks away. Mm. Also, by the way, like the, the lady's name wasn't really Pam. I was just using that name because I did. I forgot that I actually worked with a Pam. <laughs> I don't want her to be like, oh. fuck, man. I, I don't. Anyways. Um, what, what was her name? What's that? What was her name? I can't remember. Oh. <laughs> just like your Navy secrets. I can't tell. <laughs> um, so obviously WD-40 wasn't a sponsor because he kept having to hold the can so you couldn't read what it was but it was obviously WD-40 um, <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny 
Um, but hmm. it, Marsh, is that a man's name or a woman's name? Marsh? Uh, I assume it's a man's name. Um, oh, okay. Maybe short for Marshall. I've never, uh, maybe. Yeah, that's true. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. And like we mentioned earlier, like, why is she so fucking paranoid? Like, yeah, what's right? her deal? Hmm. Yeah, because I, I thought there was going to be a backstory as to why, like, maybe one of her friends at school were talking crap about her or something, but they never explained yeah. why she's just, uh, she's just, she just came across that one day. She just decided to wake up and just be paranoid. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, maybe this is the only scene she does it in. Maybe she's chill like that. Nah, that's she probably just this one time. Probably one of these one, yeah. one, one scene things that they never explain. Right. <laughs> scene two. Inside the family room, Greg sits at the counter while talking on the phone. He says, sounds great, Lexi. Sure, count me in. I'll be there. <laughs> That's wild. Hmm. Cindy walks into the family room and is eavesdropping on Greg's phone call. Greg laughs loudly and says, <laughs> oh, she'd never expect that. <laughs> no. Uh, hold on a second. Greg pulls the phone away and says to Cindy, uh, is there something you wanted? Cindy, while looking through a magazine, looks at Greg and simply says, no. Greg says, well, do you mind? This is a private conversation. Cindy puts the magazine down and walks over to Greg and says, about me, maybe? <laughs> and she puts her hand on her lip because it looked like, hmm. <laughs> Greg smiles and says, no, Cindy, it's not about you. Cindy asks, then why can't I listen? Greg says, I told you, it's personal. Cindy, who apparently is very paranoid, now asks, yeah, but am I the person that it's personal about? <laughs> Greg, losing patience, says, Cindy, out. Cindy scoffs and walks out of the room. Hmm. Hmm. <sighs> yeah, I put down Greg's talking about getting a little bootay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hell to the end. Scene three. Up in the girls' room, Marcia sits at the desk writing in her diary. Cindy walks in, looks over her shoulder to read what she's writing. Marcia spots her and slams the diary closed. Cindy asks, by any chance, are you writing about me in your diary? <laughs> Marcia rolls her eyes and says, no, Cindy. Cindy says, then why'd you slam it shut like that? Marcia says, because a diary happens to be personal. Cindy asks, well, if you weren't writing about me, can I look? Marcia <laughs> says, no. Cindy goes on, someday when I get a diary, I'll let you look. Marcia rolls her eyes again and says, thanks, Cindy. Cindy goes on again, as long as I'm letting you look, how about letting me look? Marcia says, Cindy, and puts her diary away in her drawer. Cindy just walks off in disappointment. Marcia's like, you're starting to sound like Greg. <laughs> um, <laughs> so apparently Cindy doesn't know how to open a drawer because like that hmm. made her give up immediately. She's like, shit, it's in that drawer. I can't figure out how to open that drawer. Like <laughs> now I'm pretty sure she's like, huh? Okay. Okay. Maybe. You gotta leave the room sometime. Go to the library. <laughs> maybe for like the fourth time today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's to use the computers. Hello. Oh. All right. Scene four. In the boys' room, Cindy walks in without knocking and walks straight over to Cousin Oliver, who's lying on the top bunk reading a comic book. Cindy says, Oliver, do you know something about me that I don't know? Oliver says, well, not that I know of. Cindy says, something funny is going on in this house, and I'm going to find out just what it is. 
Cindy smiles, looks at Oliver and asks, you want to help me do some detective work? Oliver gets excited and shouts, me a detective? Cindy shushes him and says, not so loud. Oliver whispers, do I get to wear a badge? Cindy says, no, not in this case. We're private eyes. Oliver says, wow, I ought to be a good private eye. I've got four of them. (laughs) It's kind of messed up. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of messed up if he didn't really wear glasses in real life. That's kind of messed up. <laughs> gotcha. Um, did you see that weird angle from the top bunk? I did. I did. I, that was one of my notes. I'm like, what What added benefit is that shot? Like, but they built like, that fourth wall for what? Like, what did it accomplish? But, they, but did you notice, like, because it was shooting down, and you'll see, well, Peter's bed now. Mm-hmm. Peter's bed. But then when you see the wall right there, there's no bathroom door. It's like gone. Oh, I didn't notice that. Well, that's no, that's the wall. That That's the fourth wall. No, the fourth wall is over here. It's hard to show. But I think we're talking about two different would be walls. more to the right. Yeah. I'm talking about the wall that like Peter's bed's headboard uh, is on. No, and I didn't notice that. door. Yeah. It was just like all just straight wall. Oh, wow. Right there. No, I didn't know so. I was too busy wondering, okay, they built that corner of the set for what? Like, what did this shot accomplish that they couldn't do with a wide shot? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I hmm. mean, they've had plenty of conversations like that between, like, Peter and Bobby and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And they not once ever did that shot. Hmm. But or maybe some new director, you know. Uh, was well, it apparently Harry it is. Winkler? It's uh, Harry Winky, whatever. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Scene five. In the master bedroom... Mike is in the closet pulling out ties to see which one looks better (laughs) Carol comes walking out of the bathroom no and says hey how about this one it's my favorite Mike says well I'm not so sure it's right for the day no I better choose this one Carol asks what's so special about today she gets all neck action. And mm-hmm. Mike says, meeting with a client. <laughs> Carol asks, what is he, a tie freak? Mike, <laughs> while tying his shoe, says, oh, oh my God, that's hilarious. A tie freak. This guy, a tie freak. And no, he didn't, he didn't do that. Uh, no, Mike, while tying his tie, says, it's not a he, it's a she. Mm. Carol says, ooh, what kind of a she is she? Mike smiles and says, well, I'll tell you. Visualize the face of Liz Taylor. Carol says, yeah. <laughs> Mike goes on, the body of Raquel Welch. Carol trying to visualize as Mike finishes the picture off by saying, <laughs> and the bank account of Queen Elizabeth. Carol says, ah, poor thing. Too bad she's a loser. (laughs) (laughs) Mike smiles and says, "Uh uh-huh. Do I detect a little note of jealousy there? (laughs) Carol sarcastically says, no. And she grabs a hold of Mike's tie and pulls it tight around his neck, cutting off his oxygen supply. Mm Mm-hmm. And says, I was planning on spending the day at your office anyway. Oh, damn. And then it, that's the end of the scene. No. <laughs> no. As he's getting choked out, he says, uh, uh, hold it, hold it. Listen, I was just kidding. 
Rich she is, but any resemblance to Elizabeth Taylor and Raquel Welch is totally non-existent. Carol says, oh, that's better. She then kisses her man as he adjusts his tie. <laughs> Just then, a knock at the door. Ooh. <laughs> Mike tells him to enter. Cindy walks in with Oliver. Cindy asks, Mom and Dad, is there something going on around here that I should know about? <laughs> Mike asks, like what? Oliver says, well, that's the part she doesn't know about. Carol says, there's nothing I know about that I think you should know about. Carol turns to Mike and asks, is there anything that you know about that she needs to know about? <laughs> Mike says, nothing that I know about. Cindy says, are you sure? Mike says, oh, listen, there is something that I know that you should know about. Cindy and Oliver in excitement both shout out, what? Mike says, it's school time and you're late. Split. Cindy and Oliver roll their eyes and just walk out of the room. Hmm. So I thought it was kind of cool that Queen Elizabeth was the queen. And I know she's been queen for like 70 years, but that she was queen when this came out and she's still queen to me. That's just incredible. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's kind of funny how, you know, Carol likes to make Mike jealous, but she can't mm -hmm. handle it when it's the other way around. And you notice that Mike immediately is like, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Exactly. You know, he did it as a quick little joke, not a let's let this go on for days. Yeah. Mike should have busted out with any wise to be such a jive ass turkey. So close to Thanksgiving. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Huh. I, I, I wish Mike would have just let that shit simmer like the rest of the episode. And at the very end, like <laughs> after the credits and be like, oh, by the way. Yeah, I was just I was just messing with it. Just let it sit that long. <laughs> but Mike's a stand up guy and he takes the high road. Apparently. Scene six. Out in the hallway, Oliver says to Cindy, boy, we sure didn't learn anything. Cindy says, we sure didn't. Cindy thinks for a second and says, I've got an idea. Oliver excitedly asks, what? As Cindy walks down the hall with Oliver beside her, she says, all the other kids left for school. Now you stand guard and I'll see if Marsha wrote about me in her diary. <laughs> Once they reach the door to the girls' room, Oliver asks, Okay, what should I do if someone walks by? Cindy says, Just whistle. Oliver agrees. Cindy then steps into the room and shuts the door behind her. Oliver stands guard outside the door. Um, so it's not like she's sneaking into Marsha's room. It's her oh, room, it's her too. room, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, like, what's the big deal? There's nobody else in the house. They literally just said that everybody's gone. Cindy, what the hell are you doing in your, in, well, I guess in your room. Never mind. <laughs> and so if anybody would come to that door, it would be like Alice or something. And she most likely would knock before she came in. And even if she, I mean, what are you doing in your desk? Well, if anybody comes by, it's going to be like, hey, cousin John or Oliver. Like, why are you hanging around outside the girl's room? Like, yeah. You don't have any place better to be than to literally hang outside the girl's bedroom? Like, that's creepy. Get the fuck away. Go. <laughs> yeah. Do like no. the rest of us do and hang out in the closet. <laughs> <laughs> and also, isn't Bobby going to come looking? Don't they walk to school together? Cindy and Bobby? I guess. So isn't he going to come by and like, go, uh, we got to go to school? Like, Maybe, unless he was just like, fuck it. I'm out. Unless she's like, I'm not walking with you, even though we're going to the same spot and we're going to be like, Pretty much walking together. Okay. <laughs> a scene, a seven. 
And Sydney walks into the bedroom. She begins to go through Marsha's drawers. Mm. Finally pulling out her sacred diary. Oh, shit. She opens it up to the latest entry and begins to read. Oh, damn. Meanwhile, outside the door, Oliver stands guard. Hell yeah. Alice walks by with folded linens in her hands. When the tiny sentry sees her, he attempts to whistle, but apparently doesn't know how. Mm. He tries to blow and blow. Alice bends down and asks him, what are you trying to do there, Oliver? <laughs> Oliver says, I'm trying to whistle. Outside the girl's room. It's <laughs> still weird to me. <laughs> Alice says, oh, it's easy. Just got to pucker up a bit more like this. And she demonstrates how to whistle, but as she blows, nothing comes out. She attempts again, nothing. Finally, she says, try it this way, and does her infamous loud whistle through her teeth. Oliver lights up and says, gee, that's terrific. Thanks, Alice. (laughs) Just then, Cindy comes out of the room, responding to the whistle signal. She sees Alice and says, oh, hi, Alice. After Alice puts the linens in the walk-in closet, Mm. mm -hmm, she says to Oliver, say, if you want to learn how to whistle, just check with me after school, okay? Oliver says, thanks, but I don't need to learn anymore. Mm. (laughs) Alice says, I should have done that. I was trying to whistle. (laughs) With a very confused look on her face as she walks off. Mm. After she leaves, Oliver whispers to Cindy, what did you find out? Cindy says, nothing. (laughs) She didn't even mention me in her diary. It's just some dumb poem she wrote. (laughs) Oliver says, well, I found out something. Cindy says, what? Oliver says, I don't know how to whistle. Cindy just laughs. Hmm. They should have. I, I thought this would have been funny because they have this shot of Oliver standing there and staring at Alice while Alice is trying to like whistle in his face. Mm. I thought it'd be funny if they showed him standing there with like spit flying at his face and he's just like, like his face is getting more and more wet every time Alice tries to whistle. I just thought that would have been funny. <laughs> um, but that's got to be the widest hallway I think I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it is pretty The hallway is like 38 feet wide. It's crazy. It's like as wide <laughs> as the whole house. But anyway. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> Scene eight. Downtown at Mike's office, Mrs. Howell apparently has gotten off the island and is expecting (laughs) one of Mike's drafts for a building he has designed. She's dressed very fancy, as usual, and says, You are aware of the importance of my business to your firm, Mr. Brady? Mike says, Oh, I am, Mrs. Fletcher. I am. Mrs. Fletcher says, and you are aware that I always do my business with your president, Mr. Matthews himself. Mike <laughs> says, yes, yes. Miss Fletcher goes on. I only agreed to deal with you because Mr. Matthews recommended you so highly. Mike says, I appreciate your confidence. Miss Fletcher says, and because he was going to be out of town. Mike confidently says, Miss Fletcher, I'm sure these plans for the Penelope Fletcher Cultural Center are going to be exactly what you want. Miss Fletcher says, I regret to tell you that they are exactly what I don't want. <laughs> Mike says, well, I drew the plans exactly to your specifications. Miss Fletcher laughs and says, I don't care about my specifications. Mm. Mike says, hmm. Well, I could show you in the notes. 
Miss Fletcher says, well, I'm not interested in notes. All I'm interested in is the design that will make the Penelope Fletcher Cultural Center a monument to its benefactor. Mm-hmm. Mike looks at her and says, well, um, um, uh, Miss Fletcher, Miss Fletcher cuts him off by saying, I'll be leaving town Thursday night, Mr. Brady. You have until then to create a design that will be suitable. Otherwise, I shall take my business elsewhere. Good day. <laughs> and she turns around and walks out. You know how she walks out? How? Like a motherfucking boss. Bitches only turn up with their friends. What? I can't make this shit up, bitch. Hell yeah. So, what is the point of the fishnet in front of her face? Like, is that like an island thing? Like, from oh, I didn't even notice it. Is it was it like on wet like when they have those mosquito nets at weddings? <laughs> like the fancy women wear like the hats with like the fish net mm-hmm. in front of their face. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe it's to keep the mosquitoes out of her face when she's on the island. <laughs> maybe. So it's funny because um because she says, I'll take my business elsewhere. I put like an island. <laughs> um <laughs> why does she say elsewhere? You know, that's how she said it. That's not how it's written in here, but that's how she pronounced it. No, no, I know. She she almost has like that that mid Atlantic like Hollywood like accent. (laughs) So, or transatlantic is that what it's called? The wrong syllable. What's that? (laughs) Transatlantic is that what it's called? Transatlantic. Elsewhere. I'm gonna start saying that. I started talking like Miss Fletcher all the time now. <laughs> we gotta do it next time we go out somewhere. Well, Tack, they don't have what you want at Target. Let's go some elsewhere. I'm like really loud, so everybody hears this. <laughs> have you ever? <laughs> Never. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so stupid. All right, scene nine. Back at the Brady household, Marcia is holding her open diary for Jan in the bedroom. Marcia says, not only is the bookmark in the wrong place, but I always put my diary under my phone book. Jan, with her hand on her hip, says, you really think someone's been snooping? Marcia says, positive. She looks so guilty. Like, what? You you think somebody read it? What? I, I know I wouldn't. <laughs> Marcia says positive and I think the guilty person sleeps right in this room Jan defensively says hey I sleep in this room <laughs> Marcia says Jan you don't need to peek in my diary I'm always reading it to you anyway Jan says yeah that's true but you can't just come out and accuse Cindy of snooping not without proof Marcia says I'll get proof I'll use a little bait and I'll trap her. Ooh, they're going to trap Cindy? Like. <laughs> <laughs> Just then, they hear Cindy outside the door saying, Okay, see you later, Oliver. Jan says, Get the cheese ready. Here comes the mouse. Marcia and Jan both giggle at her joke. <clears throat> Just then, Cindy walks into the room. As she does this, Marcia and Jan pretend to be reading the diary and reacting to it. Jan says, Oh my God. Marsha overlaughs for effect as Jan says, wow. They both look at Cindy and then Marsha puts it away in the drawer and says to Jan, I'll read the rest to you later. Jan says, yeah, okay. Marsha turns to Cindy and says, oh, uh, see you, Cindy. 
we're going to the library again. And then they both walk out, leaving Cindy alone to snoop. Cindy steps over to the drawer and opens it up. Hmm. So how did they both know what they were going to do without even talking about it? Like at no time was Jan, was Jan like, what are you doing? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, 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 you know what I mean? Like they just automatically <laughs> knew like, yeah, they're sisters, Jimmy. For a second. Also, I thought Jan was in her nightgown. That's what it looked like. So I'm sitting <laughs> there thinking, why is she in her nightgown and nobody else is dressed to go to bed? Like, why is she the only one? <laughs> um. mm-hmm. All right. Scene 10. Next door in the boys' room, Peter sits at the desk doing homework as Bobby lies on the bed beside him. Marcia and Jan barge in and says, passing through. Jan adds, got to use the bathroom. Peter shouts, you got a door on your side. Marcia whispers, it's stuck. And she shuts the sliding door into the bathroom. Bobby turns to Peter and says, now I know why hermits want to be hermits. Hmm. I, don't, I don't get that joke. Um, you know what a hermit is? Is somebody who wants to be left crab? alone? No, somebody who wants to be alone. Oh, I was thinking of the crab. I'm thinking, well, they don't have a choice. <laughs> it's a crab. Like, what are you talking about? But also, why didn't they enter the bathroom from the hallway? They didn't have to go in the boys' room. That's true. Good point. Hmm. Very good point. I think they're trying to cause problems. <laughs> Scene 11. Back in the girls' room, Marsha and Jan slide the bathroom door open just a smidge so they can see what Cindy is up to. I'm sorry, did I say smidge? I meant they fucking opened it like almost all the way. <laughs> <laughs> you know, to be sneaky. And that's the quietest yeah. door ever. The quietest <laughs> old wood door on old-fashioned tracks we've ever heard. <laughs> right. And even though the wood is like sliding against other wood when you open it. <laughs> right. And the, even the microphone hears it going like. <laughs> Anyways. Anyway, as they do this, they see Cindy going through page by page of Marsha's diary. Marsha's jaw drops. Jan and Marsha just look at each other as if they realize their sister has a problem. <laughs> <laughs> they both shake their heads and slowly shut the door again. Once the door is shut, Marsha whispers, what did I tell you? Jan says, let's catch her in the act. Just as she's about to open the door, Marcia stops her. No, I'd rather teach her a good lesson for snooping. Jan asks, how? Marcia says, by writing something special in my diary. Jan asks, like how you and Greg are always disappearing together? (laughs) (sighs) Did you write that? I didn't write that. Did I write that? Maybe I, don't know I, if I, didn't maybe know. I wrote that. I don't, I don't know. I know there was something I wrote in here, but I can't remember what it is now. Because I, I started this half of the synopsis like two weeks ago, so I don't even oh, remember. Okay. Um, anyway. <laughs> now, Marsha's eyes light up as she says, something that will drive Cindy bananas. It's B-A-N-A-N-A-S. <laughs> Marsha. In my head, I couldn't help going, bananas? Did somebody say bananas? Sorry. It's a, we're talking about two different things, aren't we? I'm yeah. talking about Fresh Beat Band. Sorry. <laughs> Once again, I'm talking about Gwen Stefani's song. Oh, <laughs> anyway, Marsha and Jam both laughed maniacally. Once the mustache twirling is finished, <laughs> <laughs> they open the door again to the boys' room and walk through as Marsha says, passing through. Bobby snaps. What is this, a freeway? <laughs> and then Peter's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> 
Sure. Freeway. It should have been like, why didn't you use the hallway door? Oh my God, stop walking through the room. <laughs> now, Jan sarcastically says, oh, we just couldn't stand being away from you two beautiful people. Jan snickers. <laughs> Sorry. Jan snickers and walks out of the room. After the girls leave, Peter gets up from the desk and puts a chair in front of the door to keep them out. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm laughing because... <laughs> because Marsha walks out of the room, but right. then Jan stops to say, oh, because we couldn't stand being to get away from you two beautiful people. And then she leaves. Right. And I just imagine in the hallway, she'd be like, Marsha, do you hear what I said? And Marsha's like, what? Like I told him, I was like... Oh, we just couldn't stand being away from you two beautiful people. And Marsha's like, oh, my God, you did not. You're so bad. And then I was like, no, I do. Marsha's like, you know what would have been better if you would have said your beautiful faces? That would have been awesome. You and Jan go back like, and damn it. That would have been um, better. So, obviously, Jan still has hard feelings about Peter not dating her. <laughs> Think about it. I mean, they went they went to the dance together that one time. Yeah, but she's like, oh, but I, oh, we just can't stand being away from you two beautiful people. And then she kind of stares at Peter for a second, like, and it bites her bottom lip. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> and Peter's um, like, once again, that wasn't me. <laughs> it was Arthur. <laughs> um, she really, but we had already touched on that. She really couldn't hear that door open and shutting. Like, I could hear it. Right. 50 years later. <laughs> 50 years later. <laughs> oh, I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, scene 12. Downstairs in the kitchen, Alice cooks away. No, wait. Let me ch- hold on a second. Thanks. Sorry. Wait, Alice? Or what? No. I'm sorry. Holy shit. What? Carol. Get <laughs> Carol Get the is in the kitchen cooking away. Wow. When Mike <laughs> walks in, Carol says, "Hi, honey." Mike mumbles to himself, "Never met a more aggravating woman in my entire life." Oh, damn. Then he looks at Carol and says, "Scratch that." because <laughs> he thinks carol's aggravating yeah. Ah, yeah. he then checks the pots on the stove to see what she's up to carol says well forget what i was gonna ask you mike looks at her in exhaustion and asks what <laughs> <laughs> what mm-hmm. carol says how did it go at the office mike sighs and says I would like to call up Penelope Fletcher and tell her to... I like Frank Shirley, my boss, right here tonight. I want him brought from his happy holiday slumber over there on Melody Lane with all the other rich people. And I want him brought right here with a big ribbon on his head. And I want to look him straight in the eye and I want to tell him what a cheap, lying, no-good, rotten, four-flushing, low-life, snake-licking, dirt-eating, inbred, overstuffed, ignorant, blood... Sucking, dog-kissing, brainless, dickless, hopeless, heartless, fat-ass, bug-eyed, stiff-legged, spotty-lipped, worm-headed sack of monkey shit he is. Hallelujah. Holy shit. Where's the Tylenol? Carol cuts him off by saying, Mike. <laughs> I sound like, <laughs> sound like Rowan Bates. Mike. <laughs> what will happen if you blow the account? Mike's <laughs> lucky account. Mike, I mean, a lot more semen. No, uh, Mike sighs and says, "Well, I said I'd like to. I didn't say I was going to." Oh damn! Mike attempts to change after a long day of work. When Carol stops him and asks, "Honey, why don't you use some reverse psychology?" Mark Twain once said, "Make friends with your enemies; it'll drive them crazy." Mm. Mike says, 
Mark Twain never met Penelope Fletcher. Mm. Carol gives Mike the mom look and says, Mike. (laughs) Mike says, okay, but she just gained a friend and you just lost a husband. Oh, damn. Carol asks, how come? Mike says, because I'm going to have to work night and day to come up with an acceptable plan by Thursday. And he walks off like a motherfucking defeated man. Yeah. Yeah. So they must eat a lot of soup because there's always cooking like in that large pot. <laughs> we can never really see what's in there. Or lots of sauces. <laughs> or lots of noodles. Maybe. Man, she should go on a three-hour tour. Ooh, damn. You mean Carol? Or there's going to be a lot Fletcher? of this. <laughs> Buckle in, kids. There's going to be a lot of these. <laughs> All right. Scene a 13. 13. Back in the girls' room, Cindy is just reading away on Marsha's diary like she's sitting in a fucking Dunkin' Donuts waiting for a city bus. <laughs> <laughs> Cindy reads an entry by Marsha. Something fantastic might be happening for Cindy. I don't dare tell her because I don't want her to get her hopes up too high. But I told the other kids and Alice. I swore them to secrecy. Mm. More later. As Cindy reads this, her smile grows bigger and bigger. Once finished, she puts the diary away and runs out in excitement. Outside the door, Sentry Oliver is standing by. Cindy jumps out of the room saying to him, something fantastic is going to happen to me. Oliver says, what? Cindy says, I don't know. Oliver asks, well, how are you going to find out? Cindy says, well, Alice and the other kids know, so we'll cross-examine them. Oliver asks, well, won't they get suspicious? Cindy says, not if they don't know we're cross-examining them. Oliver says, Oh. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Anyway, just then, Alice comes walking by carrying shirts and a hanger for Greg. She asks, What's this? A secret conference? Cindy <laughs> says, Oh, hi, Alice. Got some shirts there? <laughs> hey, guys. Oh, big gulps, huh? All right. Well, see you later. Alice says, yep, got some shirts and and some socks. Oliver asks, any secrets? Alice says, secrets? What kind of secrets? Cindy says, oh, a certain secret having to do with a certain someone that something fantastic was going to happen to. Mm. Alice says, well, as a matter of fact, something fantastic is going to happen. Cindy smiles real big and asks, what? Alice says, one of my goldfish is an expectant mother. I'm just a geek with a squeaky voice. (laughs) (laughs) Oliver says, now what's so fantastic about that? Damn. Alice says, the mother-to-be is named Herman. Alice then (laughs) rolls her eyes and heads up to Greg's attic room. In my own attic room. Oliver just awkwardly laughs at Alice's joke. Cindy is not (laughs) amused. Oliver puts his hand on his hip and sarcastically asks, Got any other brilliant ideas? Cindy says, Yeah, come on. Cindy heads over to the walk-in linen closet. Oh, shit. And Oliver follows. She then shuts the door. 
It would have been funny if on the line <clears throat> where she's like, a certain secret having to do with a certain someone that something fantastic was going to happen to. Be funny if Alice was like, holy shit, I'm not getting engaged. Holy shit, stop <laughs> passing that room around. <laughs> like, God, just stop. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. <sighs> so Alice has goldfish? I don't think we knew that, right? No. Because <laughs> she had a scene in her room with Jan a long time ago. We saw her room. We didn't see any goldfish in yeah. there. And it's pregnant too. Like, what's going on in there? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Hmm. Playing a little uh little jazz music, if you know what I mean. <laughs> it's kind of fucked up that the diary entry said that Marsha told all the other kids and Alice. But Cindy assumes that quote, all the other kids does not include all of them. <laughs> And what's more fucked up is that she's correct. It does not yeah. include Oliver. And even Oliver was like, um, I'm probably not in it. <laughs> like, she doesn't even go, oh, so Marsha says she told all the other kids, so what is it, Oliver? And he's going to be like, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> he's like, oh, oh, it's the other kids. That doesn't count you. Never mind. Just go, go be a country boy. <laughs> <laughs> Have that country road take you home. Because you're not one of us. <laughs> Damn it, that was better. <laughs> Scene 14. As Alice heads upstairs to Greg's attic room, she says, knock, knock. Greg, I've got some shirts for you and some socks. Greg, not looking at her, but sitting on the bed, just staring off, says, thanks, Alice. Alice walks straight through the beads to his closet and hangs them up. Meanwhile, down in the linen closet, Cindy has rigged up the stepladder for her and Oliver to listen in up in the attic room. In my own attic room. <laughs> she says, we can hear everything that goes on in Greg's room through this air vent. Oliver says, but is it right to listen? <laughs> Cindy justifies, sure. If they're talking about me, they both put their ears up to the vent. Back upstairs, Alice walks back through the beads and says, with a look on your face, I'd say you've got a problem. I'm just a geek with a squeaky voice. <laughs> Greg says, I do. What would you do if you had two days for the same night? Alice says, I'd say talk to your younger brother because he just dealt with that last week. <laughs> No, she said, I'd faint. Back down in the closet, the walk-in linen closet. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Cindy and Oliver continue to listen as Greg says, seriously, I'm in a real bind. Alice says, yeah, yeah, I can see that you are. Greg says, the problem is I don't want either girl to get hurt. Yeah, okay, Greg. <laughs> Alice says, well, why don't you tell them both the truth? Greg asks the truth. Well, why would you tell a girl the truth? <laughs> Alice just rolls her eyes and tosses his socks at him in defeat. She then exits the attic room. In my own attic room. <laughs> Back in the closet. The walk-in linen closet. <laughs> Cindy says another blind alley. As she hops off the stepladder, she continues. Not a word about me. <laughs> Oliver adds, boy, detectives on television never have it this hard. Cindy Ooh. says, What's that? Is that you? Gross. Oh. <laughs> He's like pointing to his pants. Poking at himself. Like, Stop it. <laughs> Cindy says, maybe we can get something out of Peter and Bobby. 
They both exit the closet and head to find the boys. <laughs> so Greg got a trophy on his headboard for archery. Like, when hmm. did he ever do archery? I don't remember the archery. Hmm. Huh. Huh. Mm. Good question. He was in that, what was it? It was like Boy Scouts, but I can't remember what they called it. Oh, yeah. It's true. The one where Marsha joined. Mm-hmm. They did do that, and they probably had archery in that. So that might yeah, have been where probably. I got it from. Yeah, I guess so. That checks um, out. So, if they can hear Greg, then Greg can hear them too, because sound doesn't travel just one way. <sighs> yes and no. So sound does travel one way. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you like you'd have to have your ear because they're talking quietly, like in a little room, you know. Yeah, but they're talking quietly right next to the air vent, <laughs> and Greg is talking normal volume, fifteen feet from the air vent. Right. I don't know. I don't know. I think this is just another one of those uh, suspension of disbelief. Yeah, so. Probably. <laughs> um, but also, why is there an air vent in the closet? That doesn't make sense. Why would you need the closet air condition? <laughs> it's a walk-in linen closet. <laughs> Did you not? So you, Carol, Carol can be comfortable when she's standing in her closet, Jimmy. Um, mm. Or if you ever need to go in there for like with a goat. Or, That's true, yeah. You know? I thought it was cool that, you know, Cindy and Oliver finally came out of the closet. That was hmm. Hi oh <laughs> low hanging fruit. <laughs> <laughs> Scene fifteen. Out in the carport, Peter and Bobby are getting ready to head off on their bikes. Just as they're about to leave, Peter says, Hey, here's a down payment on the two bucks I owe you. So stop bugging me. He drops a quarter into Bobby's hand. Bobby says, Only a quarter? Peter argues, I'll give you an IOU for the rest. That's as good as money, sir. Mm -hmm. <laughs> as Peter rides off, Bobby says, whoever said it was right, never lend money to a relative. And Bobby heads off on his bike behind him. The camera moves down. Oh, that's what that. Oh, I was yeah. sitting there like, are we talking about Carol cleaning <laughs> the kitchen or cooking in the kitchen again? Camera pans down and we see Cindy and Oliver on the ground hiding and eavesdropping to their conversation. Oh. Cindy says, nothing. Oliver asks, what do we do now? Cindy says, wait until tomorrow and we'll see if Marsha writes anything else about me in her diary. Oliver says, okay. And they both take off. Why is Peter's handlebars like that? Isn't that a 10 speed? Aren't they supposed to be down? Uh, well, I don't know if it was a 10 speed. It might've been like a five speed or something. Well, either way, that's like the curved handlebars, but they look like he had taken them and put them upside down or something. Oh, well, they just look like normal handlebars to me. Did they? Hmm. They're like U shaped. There's, oops, I'm sorry. The, 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 like you're supposed to, like they're supposed to curve back. You know what I mean? But he had them like flipped upside down so that they curve in the direction that they're traveling. I don't Maybe it didn't seem as well as oh, I okay. thought. Hmm. I was just curious. I wasn't sure if that was like a thing people did or what. Well, I remember like when I was a kid, you'd always kind of adjust your handlebars. Sometimes yeah. you kind of push them forward a little bit or push them, you know, you kind of, that Z space, you kind of move it around to where it looks cool or whatever. I don't know. You weren't one of those weird kids that had them pushed so far forward you had to like stretch your arms out to grab it. You know what I mean? Like they weren't straight up and out like this. They were forward like this. Like you yeah. weren't one of those kids, were you? Um, no, I did it a little bit, but nothing too exotic. <laughs> I had a cool hmm. BMX bike. Cool. 
I was doing tricks and shit. I had a unicycle. Yeah. <laughs> People used to say this really funny joke to me. They'd they'd get you know, this. They'd they'd pull up in a car next to me. <laughs> yeah. And I'd go, "Where's the rest?" <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Yeah, it's pretty dumb. Yeah. Anyway, scene <laughs> a sixteen. Back in the girls' room. Marsha lies on her bed writing in her diary as she writes she giggles to herself she did lie in her bed writing in the diary too is that what she did writing in your quote unquote journal (laughs) sitting there giggling like (laughs) Um, just then Jan walks in and says hi Marsha still giggling says hi boy have I got an idea this is going to drive Cindy absolutely ape (laughs) Jan says, that's the next step. She's bananas already. What's the idea? As they both laugh, Marcia says, well, you know how she likes watching those old Shirley Temple movies on TV, right? Mm. The ones she watches all the time. Every weekend. Eating popcorn. Yeah. Jan says, do I ever? She (laughs) thinks Shirley Temple is the greatest. (laughs) Marcia says, right. Well. Wait until Cindy reads this. Mm. Uh, not once I ever heard Cindy mention Shirley Temple, but she always watches her movies and Bobby's always eating popcorn. Yeah. Well, they probably didn't have rights to mention Shirley Temple. So Cindy had to keep that shit to herself. How about that? Type? <laughs> hmm. Scene 17. Later, we is get it, to. Wait, is it? Is it 17? Yeah. Oh, wait, what? No, oh, it's 17. I thought that's what Get I said. Here with that it? Fucking 17 shit. Get out of here with that. <laughs> Scene 17. There you go. <laughs> Later, we kept to Cindy reading the diary entry. The entry reads, I talked to the talent scout again. The studio people loved the photo of Cindy I submitted. Wouldn't it be fabulous if they picked Sydney to be the new Shirley Temple they're looking for in that movie? You know that movie? <laughs> Diary. <laughs> you remember Diary? <laughs> Cindy smiles and says, the new Shirley Temple. She stands up and looks in the mirror at herself and says, Cindy Brady, the new Shirley Temple. She smiles at herself in the mirror as Marsha and Jan watch from the cracked door to the bathroom. They both just giggle and shut the door. Once the door is shut, Jan says, she's hooked. Marsha smiles and says, but if you think she's hooked now, wait until she reads the next entry. And they both just laugh. (laughs) This is so fucked up. (laughs) I put down, I was like, what they should have done was made her believe that they found fluffy and then her find out that they didn't. (laughs) That or they could have, they could have said, I love you. And then said, psych. This is so fucked up. Hilarious. Why why is she so mean to them? God. Yeah. Cause she's Martian. She don't give a shit. (laughs) Martian motherfucking Brady. Hell yeah. So this is where we take our next break. So Cindy thinks she's going to be the next Shirley Temple. <laughs> Will this teach her not to snoop anymore? Will Greg get advice from Peter on how to handle two dates? Will Bobby be forced to ski down the K2 on his bike to get $2 that's out there? <laughs> on one ski. 
skiing on one ski? Well, all answers will be revealed. Even the ski one? Even the ski one. After the break, we'll be back. Coming in the fall of 2022, Tommy and the Order of Cosmic Champions, a new novel inspired by the toys and cartoons of the 1980s. Click the link in today's show notes to preview now. The book follows 11-year-old Tommy Grant, who is trying to deal with some unfavorable circumstances in his otherwise tranquil life in rural 1980s Ohio. He retreats to the thing he loves most, the Order of Cosmic Champions. A long-running animated TV program and line of toys that provides Tommy with a much-needed boost of joy, especially when he discovers that the manufacturer is holding a nationwide create-a-character contest. The winning design will be made into an action figure and be sold the world over, with its creator becoming president for a day at the headquarters of the manufacturer. But when Tommy's character design loses out, his world begins to crumble, and you can only think of one way to fix it. Find the kid that submitted the winning design and try to convince him to help make Tommy's dream come true. Visit orderofcosmicchampions.com now where you can read about the inspiration for the new book. Watch the teaser trailer. Listen to the official theme song, Stand or Fall by Stan Bush. See action figure designs based on the Order of Cosmic Champions characters. And sign up for updates on the novel's progress and upcoming release date. That's orderofcosmicchampions.com or click the link in today's show notes. Tommy and the Order of Cosmic Champions, a new novel by Anthony Rapino and Anthony Great. Coming in the fall of 2022. And we are uh, back. We are back. Ooh, how was your break? It was fine as wine. No, that's not that's not the brace. It's the week in between. It wasn't too bad. I finished my Pepsi. Oh, Pepsi. Interesting. The choice of a new generation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <clears throat> so... So do you do you ever talk to any of our listeners like like talk to them you know through social media? Ew, why would I do that? That's gross. You ta- I, you yeah. actually talk to them? No, well, kind of. <laughs> I mean, I, when I want to get an insight on how the you know the lower class. No, yes, of course I talk to listeners all the time. Yeah, I, I like talking to them. I, I had a conversation with one of the, the I was telling you about it one of the listeners this week, and it was it was pretty neat. It was pretty cool. Her name is Lauren. So, um, oh, nice. So just thanks for reaching out. Appreciate it. It was fun. Oh, um, Lauren, I think uh, she sent me for a request too, but hmm, mm-hmm. she, didn't, she didn't talk to me though. That's weird. Well, I mean, she said she likes to talk to, you know, people that are a little bit, you know, you know, better looking oh. and more classy and stuff. Um, oh, gotcha. That, that but makes also, sense. But also I wanted to, to also give a shout out to our good friend Pepe. 
Oh yeah, Pepe is awesome. He yeah, he uh, backed us up. <laughs> he did. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. So yeah, I thought yeah. that was cool. So. Oh, I thought you were going to go on and tell the story. Or no, something. no, I just wanted to give him a shout out because you know, you know, he yeah. spoke up for us, and I appreciate it. He did. He did. Yeah. Thanks, Pepe. Appreciate that. He did. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> there was actually mm-hmm. a couple of people that uh, spoke up for us in that whole thread. So yeah, were they were they listeners or do you know? Yeah, a couple of them were. Were they? Good. Mm-hmm. That's cool. <clears throat> I mean, what what tax referring to? Is um, it was on one of the Facebook groups, the the pretty much Facebook group, Facebook groups. Not, somebody not had said, ours, not our. No, Facebook not group. ours. No, it was another one. But somebody had said that we, you know, <laughs> they didn't agree with you know how we do the show in our language and stuff like that. And that stuff for some of our longtime listeners, that's stuff that we've touched on before. We went as far as asking everybody, you know, do you want us to clean up our act? Do you want us to kind of clean up the show a little bit? And you know, all the response that we got was. No. Are you kidding? Like that's <laughs> right. no. Why would you do that? No, just if they don't like listening, then you know, don't listen kind of thing. Yeah. Just be yourselves. Yeah. yeah. We want to give Pepe a shout out, but we also wanted to reiterate that, you know, when we asked the fans, they didn't want us to clean up the act. You know, we're you know, a couple of thirteen year olds that happen to be in our forties. So uh <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, so, I um <clears throat> that thread went on, so I responded in the thread, and I basically mm-hmm. I kept it professional. I was like, "Well, I do no, apologize." Or no, I didn't apologize. I said, um, "I'm sorry you didn't find our show." Because he listened to literally, he said, "I listened to five minutes of one episode," and was like, "Yeah, that's enough for me." But I mean, he, his his point was, uh, all it took was five minutes. Like I listened to five minutes, and as soon as they got vulgar, I stopped it. That's that. It's yeah. not like he was saying after five whole minutes. I said, "Screw you guys!" You know, what I mean, it wasn't <laughs> like that. It was, you know, five. Yeah. It wasn't even five minutes in. He had already heard something he didn't like. So, yeah. So I told him, "I, I was like, I'm well, defending I, I him, can." <laughs> and then, so I, I talked in there, and I, so I was like, you know, so I understand, you know, five minutes of an episode of that we've been doing for two and a half years isn't really right. giving it much of a chance, right, right. you know. <clears throat> And so he actually said, you know what? I agree with you. I'm going to listen to a full episode. So he did. (laughs) He did. He actually got back in there and he was like, so I listened to a whole episode. Um, It's just not for me, man. (laughs) And I was like, that's cool. No problem. Yeah. I was like, I respect that. Um, I appreciate you giving it another chance and listening to a full episode. And uh, I said, which episode did you listen to, by the way? Just curious. (laughs) Season one episode. (laughs) (laughs) No. Hey, season one, episode one's a good episode. Yeah, season one, episode one's good because we redid it. Um, no, he listened to um, Two Pete's in a Pod. Oh, uh, okay. So that was a fairly good. recent okay. episode. Yeah. Um, and he said it was one for him. And I told him, well, all right, well, no worries, man. I appreciate that. Um, you're giving us another chance. Um, we're not for everybody. I totally get that. And that's kind of like how it ended. And <clears> it was just, he was cordial. I was cordial. And that was it. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I want to give Pepe a shout out because Pepe was the one that kind of first spoke up and said, you know what? I listen to these guys. It's, it's an acquired taste, you know, yeah. and, and he even went, he went on to say, you know, and I've been listening long enough now. I feel like we're friends and, and Pepe, I feel like that too, man. Like, you know, Hell yeah, that was cool. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that is right. that. That is that. Put that baby to bed. Heck yes. <laughs> All right. You ready to get back? I am ready to get back. All right. So when we left off, Cindy has a bad case of the Snoopies. She's been <laughs> sneaking around. Case of the Mondays. <laughs> She's been sneaking around to see if anybody's talking about her. 
even so low as to read Marsha's diary. But that was like three feet off the ground. (laughs) Stupid. Once Marsha finds out, she decides to set a trap for her and lies in her diary that there are movie producers looking at Cindy to be the next Shirley Temple. (laughs) Cindy gets hook, line, and sinkered. Scene 18. Mm -hmm. The next day... Cindy comes into the girl's room with Oliver in tow. As Cindy is about to shut the door, she says, Now, we don't want to get caught. You keep your eyes and ears open. Oliver says, Okay, I'll keep everything open. Oliver then steps outside the door to post himself on watch. Once the door is shut and Oliver's on post, Cindy runs over to the desk and opens up the drawer. Cindy pulls out Marsha's diary and begins to read. Cindy's chances of starring in that movie are great. One of these days, a talent scout is going to come over to the house to observe Cindy anonymously. Boy, I sure hope Cindy can sing and dance like Shirley Temple. Mm -hmm. With a big grin, Cindy shuts the diary and puts it away and runs over to the door. She opens it and says, Oliver! As Oliver steps into the room, Cindy says, The talent scout is coming over to see me anonymously. Oliver says, wow, that's super. Cindy says, but I have to buy a Shirley Temple record album. Is that what she has? She said it's it's a weird way of saying it. (laughs) Oliver says, what for? Cindy said, I've got to start being Shirley Temple right away. Hmm. So like, even if they were looking for the next Shirley Temple, I can't imagine they want like a Shirley Temple impersonator. <laughs> That's true, yeah. Unless it's for a very specific project or like a a movie about her life. Maybe that's what it is, because she did say a movie. So, I don't know. Cindy would be like, so am, am I going to be the next? Yeah, we're going to call you Shirley Temple. That's what we're going to call you, <laughs> because you're going to be the next Shirley Temple. Like, that's, they're acting like Shirley Temple was a character. Like, that, she, that's her name. <laughs> right. Like, that, she was a person. Like, it's not. <laughs> right. you, there is no next. Sh- this isn't Menudo where you get to, like, change out people. Like, <sighs> Menudo. Um, so, Marsha's ruining her diary or journal, whatever you call it, for a prank. Like, she's writing a bunch yeah. of garbage in her diary just to, like, I don't know. Um, she's she such a fan. This, like, 20 years from now going. When the fuck yeah. did this what happen? What the fuck? We didn't have anybody coming over for Shirley Temple. Um, <laughs> if she's such a fan, wouldn't she already have the record of Shirley Temple? <laughs> well, she's always watching her movies, so. I guess so. How is she watching the movies again since they don't have VHS tape yet? <laughs> Just when they come on the late show or whatever. I don't hmm. know. Or the early show or everything in between. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. Scene 19. Down the kitchen, Cindy and Oliver are talking to Alice as she cooks dinner for 10 in a tiny pot on the stove. (laughs) Alice asks, you need the money right now? Cindy says, "Uh uh-huh. I would ask mom and dad, but they're not home. So I figured I'd ask our maid, you know, (laughs) because we pay you. So you should have money. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's totally appropriate. And you don't have, you know, rent, (laughs) you know, or nothing. So you pay, pay for anything. You don't have a car, so you don't pay for gas or anything. You don't have any kind of mortgage, right? Um. <laughs> but you just got money lying around. <laughs> and this is a real emergency. Alice says, well, I think I can float a small loan. Oliver says, and you don't have to be worried about getting paid back. Cindy's going to be rich and famous. 
Alice says, oh, how's that going to happen? Cindy says, oh, Alice, you don't have to pretend anymore. Alice asks, pretend what? Oliver says, what you're pretending. Alice says, what am I pretending? Cindy says, the same thing all the other kids are pretending. Alice asks, what are they pretending? (laughs) Oliver says, the same thing you're pretending. Alice says, oh, I'm certainly glad we got that cleared up. As Alice walks over to her purse, she asks, how much of a loan do you need? Cindy asks, well, how much does a children's record album cost? Alice says, a children's record album. Cindy says, yeah, starring you know who. (laughs) Alice asks, is that the name of a new group? (laughs) Oliver says, well, there she goes pretending again. (laughs) Alice says, pretending what? Oliver, now frustrated as hell, says, what you were pretending. Alice, now a little flustered, says, I'm not pretending. And then stops herself from arguing with children, <laughs> hands Cindy some money, and simply says, just bring me the change, would you? Cindy says, thanks. And she and Oliver walk off. As always, they leave Alice confused. Hmm. hmm So whoever directed this really likes those scenes where they talk in circles. Because this is the second time they've done that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Harry Winky must like these. Um, so <laughs> she just Winkler. had to give her boss a loan. <laughs> <laughs> it seems kind of wrong somehow. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. So was there a price difference between a children's record album versus an adult's record album? And see, I and don't know if I don't know if she meant like a children because Shirley Temple was a child. Well, that's my next meant- point too. And do they mean recorded oh, by oh. a child? Or for a child. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, yeah. Yeah, there's like so many questions here. I don't understand. Is just Sydney just not knowledgeable about music and records? Because, I mean, I would think that, like, if you went to the record store and you bought an album, like, I was going to say Album of the Chipmunks, but that's a, I mean, that goes for kind of a lot sometimes because it's an album that everybody had and likes. But if you had a, a an album of children's songs, Mm-hmm. You know, that's going to be more expensive than let's, let's say a Led Zeppelin album. So I don't know. Hmm. I don't know either. Hmm. Weird. Mm-hmm. Scene 20. Upstairs in the girl's room, Jan walks in looking for Marsha. Once she spots her brushing her hair, of course, she says, late bulletin. Cindy read your diary again. Marsha says, how'd you find that out? Jan says, indirectly from Alice, she wanted to borrow some money to buy a record album starring you-know-who. Marsha, unable to contain her excitement, blurts out, Shirley fucking Temple. They both just laugh. (laughs) Just then Greg walks in, knocking, of course, because, you know, he's a fucking gentleman, Mm -hmm. and says, hey, Marsha, you're supposed to return a book when you borrow it. Marsha says, sorry, Greg, it's on the desk. As Greg picks up the much-needed book, Jan says to Marsha, I can't imagine her learning those songs. <laughs> they both just continue to laugh. Greg bites and asks, what, what's so funny? Marsha looks at Jan and asks, should we tell him? <laughs> Jan says, yeah, it's too good to keep. Marsha <laughs> loses it again. Greg says, tell, tell me what? Marsha says, it's about Cindy. 
Jan tries to continue. She thinks she's going to be, a, <laughs> but cuts herself off laughing so much. Greg asks, she, she thinks she's going to be what? What? Come on. Marsha, trying to contain your laughter, says she thinks she's going to be the new Shirley Temple. <laughs> Marsha and Jan lose their damn minds once again. Greg, <laughs> a little shocked and not really getting the joke, asks Shirley Temple. The girls just laugh. <laughs> so, like, this is kind of mean, right? Yeah, he needed that fucking book. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I, this I just this just like shows like how women are so evil <laughs> to each other, and Greg is just like 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 he gets it, but yeah. I don't think he thinks it's very funny. Like, no, uh-uh. <laughs> <sighs> I wonder if Jan uses brawny paper towels. <laughs> Why? Because of the the shirt she had on. It looked like the guy from the brawny paper towel thing. It was like a flannel looking shirt. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> I put very sarcastically. Oh my god, I laughed my ass off at this scene. <laughs> Holy shit, I couldn't stop laughing. Megan came <laughs> is like, "What's so funny?" I'm like, "Surely," t-. and I just I couldn't even get it out because I was laughing so hard. That <laughs> oh yeah, I don't know what I should tell you. Okay, I want to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> then I then I looked at Luke. I was like, "Should I tell her?" And he's like, "What are you talking about?" I'm playing on the iPad. <laughs> what, are you, what are you talking about? I'm five. <laughs> <laughs> scene 21 down in the kitchen carol is folding napkins oh new skill skill. anyway carol is folding napkins when mike walks in the door carol immediately drops what she's doing you know anything to get out of work (laughs) and runs over to greet her husband she runs out of the room (laughs) holy shit (laughs) she's like oh thank god as he walks in through the family room, she kisses him. Mike just sighs. Carol says, oh, you've got that Penelope Fletcher look again. What happened? Mike says, well, she moved the deadline on the plans. Now I don't even have until Thursday to complete them. Carol asks, well, when do you have to have them finished by? Mike says, tonight. <laughs> She's dropping by on the way to the airport. She traded in her broom for a plane. Or a boat. <laughs> now I'm not sure what day it is, but I was thinking that like that he shouldn't have had until <laughs> Thursday anyway. If she's leaving on Thursday, it's probably Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? She's leaving tonight. Do you mean? Yeah, she's probably going to the airport and staying over there so that she can get up early tomorrow. <clears throat> right. So, like, even originally when she was like, I'm leaving Thursday, you have until then. Immediately right there, I was like, no, like, it should be before that. And yeah, you're yeah, leaving, yeah. you know, it should be like Wednesday. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, if I was a taxi driver, lady's like, can you stop by this architect office? I got to I gotta pick up some plans on the way to the airport. I would have been like, why didn't he just give them to you last? Like, really? Like, he's <laughs> you're having to stop on the way to the airport to pick him up? Like, what if something happens? Like, traffic or something? Like... <laughs> Was this your whole reason to come here? And you're doing it on the way to the airport as you're leaving? <laughs> hmm. Shame you couldn't ship them. All right. <clears throat> All right. <laughs> Scene 22. Out in the backyard, Peter and Bobby are playing football. Peter hikes the ball to Bobby, and then he runs downfield. Bobby throws the ball to Peter, and he catches it. Man, I could so be a fucking commentator. 
I know. I know. You fucking nailed it, like, perfectly. Just then, Cindy and Oliver return from the record store with a purchase under Cindy's arm. Peter asks, hey, what's in the bag? Cindy says, a record album. Bobby asks, what kind? Cindy, laying on the sarcasm, says, the round kind. Mm -hmm. Oliver adds, with a hole in the middle. And then they both start snapping and dancing. Um, (laughs) Bobby fake laughs right to Oliver's stupid little face and says, very funny. Let's see it. Hand it over, kid. (laughs) As he tries to snatch it from Cindy, she pulls it away. Peter asks, what's the big secret? Cindy smiles and says, oh, you know what the secret is. Mm. Oliver says, yeah. And you guys better treat Cindy nice. She's going to be rich and famous and I'm going to help. Oliver snobbishly turns away and walks off, followed by Cindy. Peter asks, what are you going to do? Rip off a bank? (laughs) Bobby adds, yeah, Bonnie and Clyde. (laughs) The boys just laugh. I don't know where they come up with that. I know. Cindy stops in her tracks, turns around and says, very funny. (laughs) Oliver adds, yeah. (laughs) And Oliver opens the door for Miss Temple as they both go inside. Hmm. Nice. When they were both sarcastic, it kind of reminded me of Greece for some reason. You know what I mean? Like, like whenever the, um, jets, whatever they're, well, I can't remember the T-birds. Um, whenever they would talk to each other, they had this kind of like brotherly kind of sarcasm, you know, <laughs> right. like, couldn't you picture like Danny Zuko coming up? Hey, what's, what kind of record you got? The round kind with the hole in the middle. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of how they do it. <laughs> <laughs> just long walk up a short pier. Yeah. 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 <laughs> in my head, I was thinking, God, it sounds like, you know, the Thunderbird or the T-Birds when I were talking to each other. Right. That's funny. <laughs> or even like, even like, back, check out the life preserver. Dork thinks he's going to drown. <laughs> hey, Marty, what kind of record you got? The round kind with the hole. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what's the big secret? <laughs> hey, hand it over. Sorry. That's funny. Scene 23. <laughs> That's so stupid. Why don't you go put on a dress? Because I got scabby knees. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> What's that from? West Side Story. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Scene 23. Up in the girls' room, Cindy pulls out the record album of Shirley Temple and holds it up next to her face. She says mm. to Oliver, look closely. See a resemblance? <laughs> Oliver looks and thinks for a moment and says, well, you're both girls. Mm. Cindy defends herself by saying, yeah, but I bet if I curled my hair the same way, I bet we look a lot more alike. Cindy walks over to the record player and says, I've got to learn these songs. (laughs) Just as she's about to pull the record out of the sleeve, Alice knocks and enters the room. Cindy immediately hides the record behind her back. (laughs) Even though Alice knows she just fucking bought it. I was about to say, she knows she gave her the money to buy it. Like, what the fuck? (laughs) As Alice brings in clothes to hang up in the closet, she says, Hi, kids. Oh, dinner's going to be a little late tonight. Your father has a very important client coming over. Mm. Cindy lights up and asks, An important client? Alice says, Yeah. I guess he's somebody pretty special, so um, be on your best behavior. 
Alice then exits the room and shuts the door. Hmm. Cindy looks at Oliver with a huge grin and asks, Did you hear that, Oliver? Oliver excitedly bounces and says, Yeah. Cindy asks, Do you know what that means? Oliver, still super jazz, says, No. <laughs> Cindy explains, It means that that client that she's talking about is really the talent scout that's coming over to see me anonymously. Mm. Oliver says, It's a good thing we bought that record. Cindy says, yeah, now I really got to hurry and learn these songs. As she pulls the record out and loads it into the player, she dramatically says, Just think, Oliver, tonight a star is born. Oliver says, Wow. <laughs> so <clears throat> when Cindy had asked him, you know, don't you see a resemblance? He, he lowers his glasses and looks over the top of his glasses, right? But Mm-hmm. He he seems to be nearsighted because he wears his glasses all the time. Yeah. Like if they were reading glasses, I don't think, especially at this time, I don't think he'd be wearing them all the time. So yeah. what's the purpose of him looking over top of his glasses? I don't know. Just hmm. they're probably fake and I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, I love how casual Alice talks to the kids. She's just like, so, you know, she's almost like one of them. She's like, so come on, be in your best behavior, please. I just thought that was cool. Um, That's kind of how I talk to my kids. Like, you know, when me and the kids are hanging out, we have what we call date day. Um, It's, it's, there's kind of an unspoken rule. We've talked about it. And when they were young, but there's an unspoken rule, like, you know, don't, don't make me sound like your parent right now. You know, this is about us hanging out. This is about, you know, you having a stress-free time to hang out where you can openly talk to me about something and not get in trouble kind of thing. And, you know, so that's kind of how I talk to my kids like that too. Hmm. Um, so I thought it was kind of neat. Um, yeah. Since when do the girls have a record player in their room? <laughs> I don't know. I bet I, Alice I feels so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and then She's I like, had the only it. record player. I know I have no leverage at all. <laughs> <laughs> Scene 24. Later, Marsha and Jan enter the bedroom both carrying books (laughs) while Cindy is in the closet. Oh, trying to find something to wear. Jan asks, Hey Cindy, would you like to come to the library with us before dinner? You know, for the fourth time today, (laughs) Cindy turns to her sisters and says, not me. I'm not giving up my whole career just for a walk to the library. Hmm. Jan looks at Marsha in confusion as Marsha says, What's that supposed to mean? Cindy says, you don't have to pretend anymore. I know all about the talent scout that's coming over here tonight to see me. Jan in shock asks, what? Marsha asks, tonight? Cindy says, I got to confess. I peeked at your diary and I know everything. That client dad's talking about is really the anonymous talent scout. Marsha in a panic says, you're wrong, Cindy. Cindy says, I told you, you don't have to pretend anymore. Marcia says, look, now I've got a confession to make. I made all those things up in my diary just to teach you a lesson about snooping. Cindy crosses her arms and says, sure you did. (laughs) Jan adds, it's the truth, Cindy. That woman that's coming over here tonight is really a client of dad's. Cindy says, you're just saying that so I won't get my hopes up too high. 
Marcia hmm. says, honest, Cindy, we're not. That whole business about Shirley Temple is a put on. Cindy smiles and says, a put on, eh? Marcia pleads more, saying, right, to teach you a lesson. Do you understand? Cindy <laughs> says, yeah, I understand. Marcia says, good. Now don't do anything. Cindy, with her arms still crossed, says, I won't. Marcia and Jen, now satisfied that they made their point, or at least hope they did, both turn and walk out of the room. Hmm. Once they leave, Cindy walks into the bathroom and says, put on, eh? <laughs> she pulls out her curlers from under the sink and begins to prep her hair by brushing it. As she loads the first curler, she says, get ready, Shirley Temple, and then smiles in anticipation. Hmm. And then starts wringing her hands together like an old-timey villain. <laughs> um, yeah. Why do they keep going to the fucking library? <laughs> Surely there must be somewhere else they go. <laughs> There's probably none. Stop calling me Shirley. Um, <laughs> hey, oh, um, I thought you were supposed to put curlers in when your hair was wet. I have no idea. I don't know. Aren't those hot curlers? Don't they get hot when you plug them in? And then I have no idea. Have, she keeps them no plugged idea. in on the sink. Oh, that's a fire hazard. <laughs> but I, I know. I think she has to pull them out, plug them in, and wait for them to get hot. I think I I have no idea. Any of the ladies out there, if you remember these kind of curlers, they were the pink foam curlers with a little piece of plastic that clips over the end of it and clips on. Um, if you like, answer this question. If it's just because it's bugging me, like, aren't you supposed to put those in wet? Aren't you supposed to go take a shower, wash your hair, as soon as you get out of the shower, put the foam rollers in, and then leave them that way until your hair dries? Because hmm. I remember my Hello, mom wearing them all night. Out there? Oh, <laughs> why did you hear that? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I remember my mom had those. Too. Yeah. So I remember because you described them perfectly because I remember I used to play with them. Little foam things you can like go, but they're almost <laughs> like they were spring loaded. Yeah. <laughs> you try to shoot things across the room. <laughs> yeah. And you can act like it's a steamroller. You're like, mm -hmm. no. So. <laughs> yeah. Scene 25. Later in the master bedroom. Carol sits at the desk, writing as Mike walks out of the bathroom, whistling and buttoning his shirt. They just got them fucking wet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Carol says, Mike, now promise me you won't get upset when Miss Fletcher comes over for the plans, okay? Mike says, oh, I promise. If she's sour, I'll ignore it. If she's agreeable, I'll smile. And if she's insulting, I'll laugh. Carol says, good. Mike adds on, and then I'll throw her out of the house. Right on her big fat head. Mm-hmm. Carol just rolls her eyes. Mm. You know, mm -hmm. deep down, Carol's like, I want to see how hot this chick really is, because I don't trust her. <laughs> right. Um, scene 26. Downstairs, the doorbell rings as Alice walks to answer it. When Alice opens the door, Miss Fletcher walks right in and says, I'm Penelope Fletcher. <laughs> Alice says, good evening. Come in. As Miss Fletcher enters the living room, wearing a fur coat and a large hat, you know, in L.A., Alice says, <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Brady weren't expecting you quite so soon. I'll tell them you're here. Before she walks off to let them know, Alice asks, is there anything I can get you in the meantime? Miss Fletcher says, uh, yes, Mr. Brady, I'm in a hurry. Maid? Hmm. No, she didn't say it, but she may as well have. <laughs> Alice says, yes, ma'am, and then walks off rolling her eyes. Hmm. And she hesitated too. You see that shit? She's like, 
Yes, ma'am. It's like, damn, she's so fucking gangster. Bitches only turn up with their friends. I can't make this shit up. After Alice leaves, Miss Fletcher wanders around the living room. She notices the family portrait on the coffee table and picks it up. She looks in awe. She counts one, two, three, two, that for now. Um, <laughs> one, two, three, four, five, six. Dear. She then rolls her eyes as she puts the picture back down on the table. At the top of the stairs, Cindy peeks out and sees Miss Fletcher in the living room. She gets excited and prances down the stairs dressed as a milkmaid with Shirley Temple curls in her hair. Hmm. She bounces into the living room and says, good evening. Miss Fletcher asks, and um, who might? Oh, no, it's Miss Fletcher talking. Come on now. Yeah. Miss Fletcher asked, and um, who might you be? Cindy very overdramatically says, I'm Cindy Brady. I'm the one you came to see. <laughs> Miss Fletcher says, you're the one I came to see. Cindy says, yeah, you don't have to pretend anymore. I know all about you. You're anonymous. Miss Fletcher says, indeed. Cindy now begins to perform on the good ship lollipop. For Miss Fletcher, Miss Fletcher pulls out her glasses on a stick or, you know, whatever they're called to get a better look at Cindy. Cindy continues on with her performance. How did, how did, it, how did it go? On the good ship. Yeah. Lollipop. Uh, shit, I, I sang this in first grade. I can't remember. Um, Take a sweet trip to the yeah, candy, to the candy shop. shop. Where pom poms play? Bonbons? 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 Is it bonbons? Because it's candy. Prongs? Where bonbons yeah. play? Yeah. On the sunny beach? I can't remember. <laughs> Peppermint Bay? Something like that. Yeah. We're ruining it. That's <clears throat> uh, <clears throat> okay. Um, okay. After a few minutes. After a few minutes, Mike and Carol come down the stairs and see Cindy still performing for Miss Fletcher. They stop and look at each other in shock because now Miss Fletcher is performing right alongside Cindy as they both sing Good Ship Lollipop, complete with synchronized dancing. Mm -hmm. Mike and Carol enter the living room and watch the big ending to the performance. As they do, Mike simply says, uh, Miss Fletcher, I don't think you met my wife, Carol. Miss Fletcher mm -hmm. says, how do you do? No. Miss Fletcher says, how do you do? <laughs> Carol says, uh, hello, Miss Fletcher. As Miss Fletcher catches her breath, Carol whispers to Cindy, Cindy, what are you doing in that getup? Cindy hmm. says, this is my big chance. So I got all dressed up. Carol asks, for what? Miss Fletcher steps in and says, this child seems to be under the impression that I'm a talent scout and I'm looking for a new Shirley Temple. Mike asks, a talent scout? Carol, missing the point, just yells out, Shirley Temple? With her hands on Cindy's shoulders, Miss Fletcher reminisces and says, oh, the cherished memories she brought back. Miss Fletcher thinks and smiles for a moment and goes on, Oh, Shirley Temple, that adorable little golden-haired tyke. How I adored her. Oh, what marvelous time of life I've just relived before mm -hmm. I went on that fucking island. No, shouldn't say that. Um, <laughs> Mike and Carol look at each other in amazement. 
Miss Fletcher snaps out of the daze and says, Oh, I'm sorry to get so carried away. I have a plane to catch. She looks at Cindy and says, Goodbye, dear little curly top. Thank you. Thank you for a wonderful evening. Mike, trying to keep on task, says, uh, Miss Fletcher, uh, the plans? Mike hands her a yellow tube with hopefully the plans inside. Miss mm-hmm. Fletcher takes them and says, oh, yes, thank you. Mike assures her, I think it's exactly what you want. And then he like says it really corny to Carol. I think these plans, and it looks like Carol, are exactly <laughs> what you want. No, he didn't say it corny like that. That would have been funny if he did them. Um, it's just a picture of a big old dick on it. That's all it is. <laughs> Miss Fletcher turns for the door as she says, oh, it doesn't matter anyway. (laughs) Mike has a look of shock and awe on his face. Miss Fletcher continues to see herself out as she sings Good Ship Lollipop and shuts the door behind her. Carol now sighs and looks at Cindy. She says, young lady, there better be a good explanation for this. Cindy says, that's what I was just thinking. Mike and Carol just look at each other. I mean, Cindy's not wrong here. No. She's like, there better be a good explanation. She's like, no shit. There better be. Like, it's fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) I got this information reliably by snooping where I wasn't supposed to. They have some explaining to do. (laughs) So I love love the passive-aggressive comment Alice makes when uh, Miss Fletcher gets her. Because she's like, Mr. and Mrs. Brazen weren't expecting you so soon. I guess I'll go fucking tell them you're here now. (laughs) And uh, did Cindy learn the dance on the record, too? <laughs> like, <laughs> how did well, no, learn she's, the dance? She's seen the movie so many times, Dad. Come on, now. I guess. Sitting there uh, eating popcorn with Peter. No, Bobby. Um, <laughs> so, Dan, she was talking to Alice like she was some kind of maid. Oh, wait. Um, <laughs> you know, Hope told us something interesting, some interesting things about her. Um, hmm. So, And I was thinking about that watching this. I was like, that's kind of cool. Um, about who? Huh? About who? About um, Miss Fletcher, or the oh. actress that played her. Um, where did that costume come from? <laughs> what costume? The costume Cindy had on. Oh, I thought you were going to mention something about what Hope said. Oh, no, no, no. no. People, you know, I was going to let them listen to the interview for that. Oh, yeah. Again, we got to listen to the episode. Yeah. It's in the books, right? <laughs> but where did where did Cindy's costume come from? I don't know. She, I guess she just always has a milkmaid dress. Like in her closet. Um, (laughs) I I wasn't expecting at all when they came down the stairs for like Miss Fletcher to be fucking singing and dancing. That shit cracked me up. I was like, what the fuck? I honestly (laughs) took me completely by surprise. (laughs) I wasn't expecting that at all. And I was kind of hoping that they would kind of go really corny with it and be like, you know, the plan. That may have been what she wanted. But if if she would have just been in a great mood for having a good night, she's like, you know what? The plans are awesome. I'm going to go to you for now on. I was kind of hoping they would do something corny like that. Yeah. Um, but I gotta admit that was, it was kind of mean, but that was an awesome prank. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like think for a second, if I read like in your, or if you were, if you were like sneaking up on my laptop and reading a journal that I had on here and I was like, (laughs) yeah, I got, (laughs) I got this guy coming to see Tack do this. Shirley Temple dance because he's going to be the next, you know, in a, in a comedy movie or whatever. And you're like, holy shit, I can't believe it. Oh my God. And you come out wearing like a dress and fucking dancing around for some dude at your apartment, like if it was Eric or something. I'm sorry, but that'd be the funniest shit on the face of the earth. Like that'd be hilarious. <laughs> and I know it's mean, but this was actually in the whole episode. I'm going, I'm even sitting there watching it with my wife going, this is so mean. 
But then after seeing, I'm like, and awesome. Like, that was <laughs> great. Like that worked perfect. Couldn't have been better. <laughs> True. Scene 27. Later in the family room, Mike standing next to Carol says to all three girls, you know, just because this had a happy ending, huh, <laughs> doesn't make it right to snoop. Is that clear, Cindy? Cindy, while brushing the curls out of her hair, sadly says, yeah, I learned my lesson. She turns and gives Marsha the stink eye. She says, <laughs> I'm not going to snoop anymore. Marsha says, we're finished with tricks like that, too. Jan adds, we sure are. Carol says, okay, let's keep it that way. The girls all walk off. After they're gone, Carol says to Mike, I hope you learned your lesson, too. Mike surprised asks, what's that? Carol says, well, the next time you have to deal with Penelope Fletcher, just do your Shirley Temple imitation. Mike laughs. Nay. Mike guffaws. Oh. His what's fucking a ass off. What's a guffaw? Uh, <laughs> uh, okay. okay. What's another one? <laughs> okay, one, one more? <laughs> okay. All right. Sorry, I was just paper. Did, did I do it right? I think so, yeah. Oh, okay. You mean you talked about <laughs> this to me last week? <laughs> but he guffaws his fucking ass off at Carol's joke. <laughs> then they both begin to sing, I'm the good ship, lollipop, take a sweet trip to the candy shop, and then freeze frame. That's cool. My only note is, yeah. holy mop top. Who? Cindy. <laughs> Oh, her hair was. I, like I don't understand why Marsha and Jane even even got in trouble for this. What? <laughs> like, what if it was fan fiction? You know I'm saying, like, what <laughs> if it was the story she was writing? Cindy shouldn't have been in there in the first place. And they even tried to save her. Say, look, this was a prank. This was a joke. Don't do anything. <laughs> do you understand? That's it's one of those. I look at it as it's a read. It's a read it at your own risk thing. You know what I mean? If you yeah. go out there and make yourself look like an ass, act like Shirley Temple, then you shouldn't have read my diary. <laughs> Now, yeah, I mean, skipping. it is kind of mean-spirited, but, you know, still. <clears throat> I mean, yeah. the only thing I, I would fault Marsha for is, if you didn't want her reading it, move it. Hmm. You know what I mean? Put it top shelf of the closet where she can't reach it. Like, put it in your dresser drawer with your underwear or something. Like, put it somewhere where she's not going to get to it. Then Greg will just know. get it. <laughs> <laughs> no, not in her underwear. In her underwear drawer. Oh, oh yeah. gotcha. Yeah. Oh. All right. <clears throat> Scene 28. Later in the family room, Cindy walks in with a gift box hidden behind her back. Marcia sits at the table working on homework. Cindy says, hey, Marcia, here's a present for you. She places it down in front of her. Marcia, in shock, asks, a present? Wow. Marcia opens it and pulls out a small book. She says, Cindy, I appreciate this, but I've already got a diary. Cindy says, not one with a lock on it. Marsha looks at the lock and asks, what do I need a lock for? You said you weren't going to snoop anymore. Cindy says, yeah, but it's a girl's privilege to change her mind. And I'm afraid I might. Mm. Marsha rolls her eyes and they both just laugh. <laughs> My only note is, oh, she is Carol's daughter. <laughs> yeah, she can't be trusted. No. <laughs> Okay, so we got a little something different. Okay. Oh, sorry. 
Let's just go ahead and say it. That's the end of the episode. That's the end of the episode. That's the end of the episode. All right, so we got a little something different tonight. Okay. Um, I mean, we've had this before, but it doesn't happen very often. But we got some audio clips sent in to us from Tom. Freaking nice. Yeah. So Tom is a big Brady super fan. We've been, he's been emailing emailing with us uh, off and on for a little while now. Mm-hmm. And he was so excited that he found our podcast because he's like a big Brady Bunch fan, loves the Brady Bunch. He grew up watching it. He, he was even said that, he, I think he said he's the same age as Cindy, I think. Um, so um, he kind of grew no, up like watching. Yeah, he's only seven. <laughs> he's like seven. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> but anyway, he sent in some audio. Um, but no, yeah. Um yeah, this is something we had done a while back. That we wanted to, to to get feedback from listeners and stuff. And, you know, one thing that's cool about being on this show, every, every once in a while you meet somebody that, um, I don't know, they, like they, they watched the Brady Bunch. But have they yeah. watched the Brady Bunch? You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, they've, they've, they've sat through the Brady Bunch, but have they experienced the Brady right. Bunch? You know what Did I'm saying? Did they watch it with their eyes open? Yeah. And, well, and their hearts open, Tech. And so we oh, like to inspire true. people with the show to, to really dive in and really get the full scope of the Brady Bunch and everything it, it brings in, like everything from advice to Mike or advice from Mike and, you know, you know, the kind of wife not to get from Carol, you know, and, and the <laughs> brother, sibling, brother, sister, sibling rival. And we like to take all that and inspire people with it. You let the, let the Brady Bunch mm-hmm. speak for itself. And so, yeah. you know, Tom sent us some inspirational messages about what he took from the Brady Bunch, you know, recently. And yeah. so, yeah, yeah, that's what we wanted to share with you guys. So it's not just, it's not just messages from a listener. It's, it's, these are, this is how we inspired Tom with the Brady Bunch. So, yeah. All right. So let's listen to this first one from him. Hey, uh, Jack and Jimmy, this is former Brady super fan, Tom Jansen. As I mentioned in my email message a couple months ago, uh, I'm actually two weeks younger than Cindy. So I was able to watch the original run when it first aired. Uh, and until I came across your podcast earlier this year, I probably hadn't watched any episodes in like 20 plus years. See that tech? We, we inspired him to watch the episodes again. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. And again, prior to that, I seem to remember the Brady's as being this uh, wholesome family. But mm-hmm. during this latest rewatch, it's become pretty obvious they're really a bunch of assholes. In almost every episode, there's one Brady or more pitted against others, other Brady's, lying, cheating, and trying to screw over other family members. So that myth of them being wholesome was certainly destroyed. Um, well, well, he sent more attack. He sent more. That's oh, just, you know what? That- Tom's just upset because he hadn't oh. watched the Brady Bunch in a while. That's what it is. Oh. That was just the first one. He got that out of the system. And now, okay. now this is the inspirational one. Okay, ready? Okay. Another okay. thing that pretty obvious in watching these episodes again is that no one in the family, except for Alice you know, with Sam, had any friends. Uh, no friends ever came by <laughs> like uh, Kimmy Gibbler did on Full House or Skippy on Family Ties. Um, these Bradys must have been complete freaks and social outcasts who only had each other. Uh, can you guys think of any character other than Sam who visited them on more than one episode? After experiencing this bizarre family, nobody ever returned. Um, okay. Um, uh, this is the right audio, maybe, right? 
Yeah. Okay. Maybe, maybe number three, the third maybe, one. Will maybe be? number three. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's number three. Well, this is okay. It picks up. Something else I picked up on watching the show again is that uh, Sherwood shorts created the Brady bunch. Uh, it's basically a reboot of his other hit Gilligan's Island. On Gilligan's Island, seven people spent all of their time on a deserted island with no toilets and with occasional visitors. The Brady Bunch, likewise, spent most of their time together in a house with no toilets and only with occasional visitors. Coincidentally, in today's episode, Natalie Schaefer, uh, an alum of Gilligan's Island, uh, is a guest star, as will uh, Jim Backus be another alum in two weeks. So Sherwood found a formula that worked and... uh, it worked, I guess. <laughs> I, I, you see what we're doing. We're 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 having fun with Tom. Um, but yeah, have we have we, have we created a cynic? <laughs> what? Have we created a cynic here? Like I, maybe so. I think so. I think he, he's he he's was, turning to the dark side. You know, like they say on Star Trek. So all right. Regarding episode, the Snooper Star. The first thing I uh, picked up on was that. Uh, the writers clearly phoned it in. In the first three scenes, Cindy, for absolutely no reason, decides everyone is talking about her. Why on earth would Greg be talking to some chick on the phone about his stupid 12-year-old sister? Why didn't Greg just tell her to get the fuck out of here? Thank you. Yes, exactly. Uh, I would agree with that one 100%. 1,000%. Yeah. So, Marsha decides to set Cindy up by making up some (laughs) bullshit about her and writing it in her diary for Cindy to find. This is pretty much the exact same thing Greg and Marsha did to Peter in season (laughs) three's The Private Year, and it sucked both times. Again, writers, try harder. (laughs) That's awesome. The scene where Alice brings Greg laundry is flat out creepy. Greg is lying on his bed, wearing platform shoes, and worrying about having two dates on the same night. Wait, this just happened two weeks ago to Peter. I wonder if there could be another Arthur who looks like Greg. Uh, what the fuck Sherwood had to know they were being canceled, right? <laughs> My final thoughts on this episode are Shirley Temple, really? Again, Cindy is my age, so that put her in seventh grade. If any girl in my class pretended to be Shirley Temple, that would have been social suicide. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> Tom, we were obviously having fun with you in the beginning, but that was awesome. Um, <laughs> Hilarious. I, I am a little concerned with Tom's uh, a little cynical about the Brady Bunch because he he was always such a big super fan and now I feel like we like we kicked that out of him. But like we always say that the sentiment on the show is but he's watching. Right? And so like the last thing we always say is go watch the Brady Bunch. So what I took from that is he hadn't watched the Brady Bunch in a long time. He watched it live when it came out. He hadn't watched yeah. it in a long time. And now we got him watching it again. Yeah. That's awesome, so, I think. You're welcome, Hulu and Paramount Plus and whatever else. <clears throat> well, one thing one thing I will share with the Hope interview, the Hope Juber interview, is she did mm-hmm. mention to us, she said, I love it when people come and they try to add logic to the Brady Bunch. They talk about how logical <laughs> everything is. I was like, that's exactly what we do. She's like, it's, and she was laughing when she said it. I love it when people try to apply logic to it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. 
So that's I took it. I took it as we got her blessing. So <laughs> she didn't come out and say it, but you could see it in her eyes. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, but Tom, we appreciate you sending those in. Yes, that's awesome. Do. Good observations. <laughs> good everything. Hilarious. Good stuff. All good stuff. And we appreciate it so much. And now, Jimmy, I also have an email to read. Dang. I know. All right. So this one is from Thomas M. Mm. Okay. He says, howdy, guys. Howdy. My name is Tom, the forklift driver. I wrote in first season and I've been listening ever since and have loved it. You two are funny as hell. Can't wait to see what you do next. It gets me through the night shift. By the way, mm. my vote for the next show is Gilligan's Island. Nice. Good. Thanks for all the laughs, Tom. Thanks, That's Tom. awesome. Yeah, I, I used to work in a warehouse. I used to be a warehouse manager. <clears throat> and um, the, the, the place I worked at was um, really, really heavy wooden patio furniture. Mm-hmm. And um, there was a day where we had to, to climb up to the top and reorganize things. Now, when I say climb up, Tom probably understands what I mean. It's these really, really heavy-duty racks that are in warehouses. And we had to go up to the top one. It's pretty high. And um, I didn't know quite how to do it. Um, mm. We, I wasn't a forklift driver, but we had somebody that was a forklift driver. So what we did, <laughs> and Tom, you'll have to let us know if you've ever experienced this, is we put a pallet on the forklift, right? Yeah. And then we stood on it and then had the forklift lift us all the way <laughs> mm-hmm. to the top shelf. And that's what we stood on. Mm-hmm. And this thing wasn't anchored to the skids. It was just... Right on it, and that's what we used to climb up to the top and you know muscle around this furniture and stuff. It was pretty funny in hindsight. I'm like, yeah, we could have like we weren't yeah. you know anchored Safe, in or anything. Safety you know I mean? like, is not a joke, Jimmy. If OSHA had been there, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm afraid of heights, as you know, so that was extra <laughs> scary. But there was yeah. absolutely nothing stopping us from falling off this thing. No harnesses, no nothing. Huh? Nope, nope. Hmm. So yeah. My God! But there's a forklift drivers are no joke, man. Like (laughs) to me, it doesn't make any sense because a lot of times you sit like sideways and shit. Like what the fuck? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool, cool. So that's two Toms. Yeah, Tom J. Is is one of them Tom Morrow? Because if so, they've been calling him at 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 Disney for a long time in Tomorrowland. (laughs) They've been calling every like five minutes. It comes up Tom Morrow paging Tom. You know what I mean? Like. Mm-hmm. You need to get your I, ass to Disney. Oh, I, I know Tom Morrow. I was in the Navy with a guy named Tom Morrow. Yeah? So. Oh, that's mm-hmm. right. We've talked about this. Well, mm-hmm. you need to contact your Navy friend. Tell him to get his ass to, to Tomorrowland. Tomorrowland. So. <clears throat> All right. And I also have a review to read. Dang. I know. All right. So this review comes to us from, this is just the name in uh, Apple Podcasts. It says, not a nickname, it's just me. Aw. No. It's a five-star review. And the uh-huh. subject says, makes me laugh. <laughs> and the the body says, and laugh. And my body makes people laugh, too. hey <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you, me. <laughs> well, they said it's just me. So it's me. Yeah. Thank you, me. Mm-hmm. So, definitely. So, thanks to Tom J for sending all yes. the audio clips. And thanks to Tom M for sending in that email, the forklift driver guy. Yeah. And, and thank, thank you, you, me. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's not a nickname, though. It's just, you know. No, it's just me. So yeah. I'm saying thank you, me. So we, we really appreciate you also doing the review. That's awesome. That helps us out so much. And if yes. you haven't done a review yet or rate and review on Apple Podcasts, please go do it. It didn't cost Have some anything. Fun Just cinch it. Just cinch it. Can't do that. You got to cinch them. Yeah, we told you to cinch them. All right. So Tom, Tom, and not a name is just me. You know, we did. We had fun here today. Don't be offended. Yep. We do love the show. We're not racist or sexist. No, we are not. Uh, we would also like to thank our producers from Patreon because without you, this couldn't be possible and it would be pointless and life just wouldn't be the same. Mm-mm. And of course, we're looking at you, Jenny and Jim. Jiminy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and also Pepe gets another shout out this week mm-hmm. um, and everybody else gets a shout out. And again, what, probably next week well, we should go through and read all of them again. Yeah, um, for sure. For sure. So we do thank all you guys and we appreciate it. And yeah. Mm-hmm. And we got some homework assignments. So the first one is go check out the website at yes. everybodypodcast.com. Do a rate and review on Apple Podcast Podchaser and Castbox. Tell two friends about the show, and if you don't like it, go tell Ms. Fletcher. No, oh, burn. <laughs> Send an email to the show and tell us tell us how you like or dislike the show at a very brady podcast at gmail.com. Join the Facebook group and join in all the conversations and all the fun at a very brady Facebook group. If you would like to be a producer, check out the Patreon at www.patreon.com slash a very Brady podcast. Check out our Instagram at a very Brady podcast. Follow us on Facebook and get updates on whether the show's going to be late. If me and tech aren't feeling good, if we mm-hmm. got a case of schnoofles. Mm-hmm. Check out the retro network at the retro network.com. Check out the T public store for merch. Link is in the description of this episode and most importantly go out there and watch the brady bunch and jimmy here is going to tell us what the next episode is in the voice of penelope fletcher oh wow okay on the next episode season five episode 21 the hustler Hmm. the brady's get a new pool table as a thank you gift from Mr. Matthews for Mike's performance. Hmm. Bobby soon becomes an expert in billiards and during a family party beats Mike's boss in a game of pool. Hmm. I bet he didn't even get wet. <laughs> Probably not. They ain't get, they're not going to recognize him from the Grand Canyon, are they? <laughs> Probably not. Didn't he Wouldn't look just like the, the old same person? <laughs> <laughs> so how'd you get this company? Well, you're not going to believe this. <laughs> I used to be an old prospector. Like, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah. So that was a fun episode, I guess, uh, unless you have anything else. Uh, no, that's it. Cool. In that case, I've been Jimmy. And I've been Tack. And this has been a very Brady podcast. And we will see you on another sunshine day. Keep smoking. This has been a presentation of the Retro Network.